Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are sitting down with Dr. Tierra Moore, who is the founder and CEO of Black and Marine Science, which is a nonprofit organization that highlights and amplifies black voices in marine science. And it is just such an amazing organization and they're doing lots of really cool stuff. We're going to get into everything that they do, as well as Dr. Tierra's background. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen, so every new episode will be automatically downloaded onto your device as soon as it's available. And follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod if you want to contact the podcast for any reason. Do you have topic suggestions? Do you want to be a guest? You can fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And if you like what you're listening to, if you enjoyed this episode, then leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's right. Please enjoy this conversation that we had with Tierra, and we will talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. All right, so we are sitting down today with Dr. Tierra Moore, who is the founder of Black in Marine Science. How is it going, Tierra? Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's going good. Thank y'all so much for having me. Yeah, super excited. I, I uh, was looking at LinkedIn and saw some information about this, and uh, this is right up right up our alley. We've done a couple episodes with programs like this, um, and I think we're going to get some really cool information and talk about some really awesome opportunities for people within our ecosystem in our community. But before we get into what Black in Marine Science is, Tierra, walk us through who you are. Give us your story. <laughs> who am I? All right. Uh, my favorite question, right? So I identify <laughs> as a Black queer woman. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm originally from Greenwood, South Carolina. So a lot of people ask me where my accent is from. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at, in South Carolina, you know, I was actually inland, so I didn't really know much about marine science. So when I was, you know, thinking about going to school, um, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And that was largely because of the Cosby show. And I knew you could be like a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> that was the role. <laughs> and so, you know, I got to, I went to Winthrop University in South Carolina, um, was taking the color courses, realized I didn't really like <laughs> working with kids too much, actually. <laughs> so, so I had to change up, you know, I had to change up what I was going to be doing and thinking about. And, and so I just started taking other random classes in biology. Um, and so there was this one course, it was called like tropical ecology or something like that. And um, I only signed up because they were going to Costa Rica for spring break. I was like, Ooh. Oh, well, there you go. That'll do it. <laughs> hey, let me get on this free, let me get on this free trip real quick. Um, but then I got there, you know, we're on a boat, we're collecting water samples, um, doing these experiments. There were senior scientists there working with us. And I'm like, oh, are y'all getting paid? Like, is this, <laughs> is this a job? Like, what is this place? Um, and that's when I really found out about marine science uh, as a career. And so I remember coming back from that trip, like, oh, I'm going to be a marine scientist now. This is what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, I went on to continue school, went and got my master's from Hampton University, historically co black college and university in Virginia. Uh, then went on to do my PhD at UCLA in California. Then did a postdoc up at University of Washington in Seattle and then the Nature Conservancy. So just doing, it's been a lot of time, you know, doing research. Yeah, research, 
traveling around. I actually did some international research as well. I was able to go to like Indonesia. Um, oh, to wow. do what did you do down there? Yeah, so we were doing a research project diving on the coral triangle. Um, so there's a huge, you know, coral reef ecosystem there. And so we were trying to assess like biodiversity, oh, um, algal growth on the corals there. Yeah. So it was really, really interesting. Super cool. I got to do some really cool experiences. And so, so yeah, so that's me as a scientist. Like I literally did that one thing was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what I've been trying to do (laughs) ever since. So did you go home uh, like after that semester and tell your parents, like, I think I want to do marine science. And were they like, what, where did this come from? Um, well, yes, no. So I told my grandma, I was raised by my grandmother. Um, and so I think, I kind of might have told them, but basically all they knew is that, you know, I was going to school to be a doctor, right? And so I found out about the difference between MD and PhD. You know, if you were going to be a marine scientist, like those senior scientists that had been working with us on the trips, you know, they were doctors, but they had PhDs. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, I can still be a doctor. Just a marine yeah. science, you know, just a marine well, science doctor. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like spin this a little. Yeah, yeah, I kind of <laughs> skirted around, <laughs> skirted around what was really going on because I knew they didn't know anyway. So me telling them oh, I'm going to be a marine scientist and I'll still be a doctor like that wasn't, you know, it wasn't a connection. So I'm like, OK, right. I'm going to be doing something different, but I'll still be a doctor. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think they probably didn't, you know, know really, really, really what I was doing. Probably, honestly, now it's a black and marine science. But, you know, when I started going on those larger research trips or where I got my scuba diving certification, those conversations like, yo, what, what are you doing, T? What you doing over there now? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk about black and marine science. On your website, you have a very short little about section. That kind of tells the the origin story, but it's it's in like two sentences, and I found it fascinating. Can you give us the the origin story? Because I remember when this happened. Um, the, Yo, what kind of sparked your idea for this? It's yeah. So huh, like, there's like the the story, the short story, the long story, the quick quick story. I would say BIM started because of a tweet, right? So I was tweeting one day and like, oh hey, where are the other black and marine science? Where are the other black marine scientists at? Um, but that was largely because of a whole lot of other, I'll say, Black and STEM movements mm-hmm. that had been going yeah. on at the time in 2020. And then those were on set because of racism. So it's like mm-hmm. BIMS really starts, you know, step, step, steps back. Um, for I guess I say I took action. Um, but there was just like a whole lot going on, I would say, in the year of 2020 with, mm-hmm. I would say, what we saw was the racial awakening in STEM where people started asking me questions like, Oh, do you experience racism? I see black people getting, you know, we're, we're now noticed that black people are getting treated differently. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mm. Sorry. It's not even funny, but it was like, just to hear people say that, like, Oh, I didn't know this was going on. Yeah. Yikes. Where you, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for, but it was like, that was my opportunity for now to like say something. And so right. one of the events, you know, that happened that was big was this, you know, that that uh, black birder and this white lady who was in the park. And she's like, oh, oh yes. I'm going to call the police on you. I'm going to call the police on you. It's a black man trying to harm me. And yeah. so I remember was- that I went down the rabbit hole on that a little bit. Like <laughs> reading yes. every every tweet and everything. I was like, I, I, that, that kind of sucked me in. I remember that very clearly. It was so horrible. And it's just like, this man was birding, you know, like, and I'm like, it's like so, one of the most innocent things you could ever yeah. be doing. Just <laughs> yes. looking at birds. Like, imagine you just birding and the lady like, yo, this black man is trying to bother me. He did it. Like, 
wow. So it was just so, you know, big. And I think because we were all stuck at home, like everybody saw that video Mm. a thousand times over, you know. And so interestingly, though, the response where I say the black social media community as well as black burden community was for them to have what they call Black Birders Week. And so I remember going on Twitter and just seeing all these black people posting pictures of them outside birding. I'm like, well, you look at this. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a niche for everything. Yeah. yeah, black people outside burning because it's like even when he said it at the time, I was like, "What's this black man doing out here burning?" But I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna let him live, you know. But then to see like, wow, there is this whole community of black birders, and I think there was this immediate connection. Like, oh wow, this is how I feel in marine science. Like, mm-hmm. this is my yeah. literal experience, but I hadn't seen it put this way. Like, this is my experience every day of somebody thinking, I don't belong here. I don't swim. I don't know how to swim. I couldn't possibly be a scuba diver. I don't know how to put my equipment together because I wear nails. You know how foolish mm-hmm. that is? Like, like, I can put on my wetsuit just fine. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not done. You're you just know, like I'm an not, extra challenge. Yeah, it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I got this. I can figure this out. Sorry, I didn't need to use ableist language. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't have any troubles. So, so that's really what, and so after Black Birders Week, I remember there was like Black in Botany Week, Black in Physics Week, Black in Chemistry Week. So basically Black people just started coming out of everywhere saying, hey, these are spaces that, yeah, you know, like these are spaces we might not necessarily seen in, but we are here and we belong and this is what we do. And so, like I said, I remember just seeing this on Twitter, like every week, like there was another week. I was like, yo. Yo, and then so that led to my tweet, like, yo, well, where is Black and Marine Science Weekend? We out here too. <laughs> um, and so that really was the tweet that really changed everything. You know, you, you tweet something, you go eat some ice cream, I don't know, whatever, do whatever you're gonna do, and then you come back and you're like, Whoa, people responded. <laughs> like people, people yeah. are serious about this. And yeah. so it came to like, okay, if you're gonna have this black and marine science week, well, you gotta plan it because you tweeted it. You know, we yeah. wanna do this. <laughs> We're excited about it, but you you need to lead it. And I was excited because I was in a space where I was in a lab, you know, I was the only black person there, just having some isolating experiences. I say macroaggressions because they're far from micro, like just mm. all these things that was really questioning me, even wanting to remain a scientist. So I was like, this was like the ultimate distraction I had at the time. So I put everything in it. I was like, it's going to be the best week ever. We're doing everything this week. We're going to show them that Black people exist. Um, but we're also going to show ourselves the community that we've always wanted. Mm. So we had workshops. We had panels. We had keynotes. We had social events where we just came together and got on Zoom. And like for the first time, I wasn't the only Black little box on a Zoom. It was like, wow, mm. it's a whole bunch. Like, look at this. Um, <laughs> but then the workshops, we talked about like, diving, scuba diving while black and taking care of your natural hair, you know, what that looks like. Um, Also, um, things that just aren't talked about in the marine science space. You just say, oh, we don't do this. Like, Well, why not? You know, how do we bring, how do we provide that? Um, And so, yeah, so it started with a week. We we crowdfunded, we raised over $20,000. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this could be something, this could be something big. Um, Because with the whole thing. Just from crowdfunding? $20,000 just from crowdfunding? Yes. In a week? Yeah, no, no, no. So I would say about three to no, 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 not a, not a week because we were planning it. So we basically started planning. I would say September of 2020, and the week was at the end of November. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. 
That's yeah, a, so, it must have been a lot of coordination if you were doing like all of these different speakers and keynotes yeah. and panels and also social it events. Was. Like we we host an annual conference every year with like a lot of information. Usually it takes us a year to put it together. So yeah, the we fact wish that we had you over did that. it wish in three months, that. not even, is really amazing. We put it together like because this is how dire it was. Like I was just like, I don't, you know, like I couldn't didn't want to do anything else. So. All but you also you want to like jump on the opportunity, right? Like like this is hot right now, right? And you don't want to drag it out, so like it kind of fizzles out and people kind of lose their enthusiasm exactly. for it, right? Yes, yeah. like this. So there is, is that urgency. Yeah, and so from there, I would say after doing the week, having it be so successful, we interacted with so many people. It was like, oh wow, this is a huge need. This is more than a week. Wow. This this can be this can be something big. And then I also had money left, you know, so I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this money? <laughs> this is it, <mine." laughs> you know, so and then that's where the idea of actually forming a nonprofit came up. And I was yeah. like, all right, let's, do that. <laughs> let's right. do that. Wow. So Black and Marine Science, is it a membership organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are officially a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and do we, we do offer memberships um, for folks to get involved with our networks and our programs and things like that. What was the process like from realizing that okay this definitely can and needs to be more than a week to creating an entire organization like what was the process like of becoming a nonprofit? because I know that there's so much paperwork and like logistics and legal things behind becoming a 501c3 yes it was a lot to be honest like just thinking about that question because so many people have asked like, oh, how did you do this google man like google became <laughs> my best friend for, for a good time, but then also asking other people, you know, for help and for resources. So huh, let's see. So we formed the nonprofit, I can say officially like December, end of December, 2020, got the paperwork, January, 2021 was like, all right, we got $10,000 left. What are we going to do with it? And we started mm-hmm. our YouTube channel. And so now this whole time, I have to remind you, everybody who's like on this volunteer leadership team, we have full-time jobs. I'm still a postdoc at this time. Um, <laughs> got stuff to do but we're in the middle of a pandemic so everybody's working right, from home. right. that so everybody's working from home so we have these things that we have to do but there's the stuff that we're also doing so we're like okay how can we keep bims hot how can we keep bims like stuff out there and we said okay let's create a youtube channel bims tv um and that was the first thing we did we said can we pay the black marine scientists that we just met a small stipend for them to create a five-minute video about their research, something they're excited about. And we can just blast all these videos out. We call them BIMS Bites of different Black marine scientists talking about what they love, nutrient pollution, whales, sharks, climate change, anything, any topic of marine science. Just give me five minute video. We're just going to post these out. And that's what we did. And that allowed us to stay, I would say, folks, just, you know, subscribing to the channel, keeping us current. And that's when I realized that, you know, I would say we needed more support, but I'm trying to figure out how, how do we do this? And I would say because of our BIMS TV channel and us, us remaining active on social media, we got reached out to by a foundation. Um, that was the David and Lucille Packer Foundation. And so they gave us our real, I would say, amount of funding support, mm-hmm. like a large yeah. grant for us to actually think about doing and doing this work full time. Um and so at that same time, you know, I'm at work and I'm like starting to be more loud at work because <laughs> people are also seeing BIMS, you know, at work. And they're like, oh, is this you? 
you doing this? Like, <laughs> right, because they're probably they're probably on YouTube on their own time looking up <laughs> topics that they're interested in in marine science too. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, wait, <laughs> right? We were like, oh, is this? This looks like you. I don't see you. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, <laughs> and so I was, I was like, yo, like this is what I'm doing. I actually, you know, running bands. Like it's giving me joy. I actually would rather like leave here. <laughs> to be honest with y'all, keep it a bug, but you know we don't have you know we don't have the resources for that. And I will say that was probably the realest conversation I was able to have at the workplace. Um, and I, I was like, I'm trying to like not say their name, but I feel like everybody knows where I worked at, and we actually have have an amicable relationship. But I was at the the Nature Conservancy in the Washington chapter, and I feel like I can almost shout them out now, um, because of our relationship. And so it mm-hmm. went from me being at a space where I was like, Ugh, like ready to leave, not wanting to be there, to me having a conversation with my supervisor and being like, hey, I just really want to run BIMS. And like, that's what I want to do. Can y'all support that? And it was like asking, because it's like, if the answer is no, I'm leaving anyway. So if the answer is yes, let me just ask type of thing, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they say yes. And it was like, wow. What? <laughs> what? And so again, I think it just reminds you of the time that we're in. Everybody was just like, just almost embarrassed at what we were experiencing as a as a as a, a nation, I would say. Just mm-hmm. watching these murders happening on, on TV, like just seeing like the George Floyd um murder was just a horrible experience that I still were really trolled. I feel like I carry that almost on my shoulders to see just how that our lives can be seen as like so easily like to take away, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the questions that really was able for me to make that point at work is that there was this almost this thought of, oh, well, Tierra, you have this PhD. You wouldn't get treated like that. And I'm like, y'all don't see me on the weekends, baby. I have my hoodie on looking real bump, <laughs> looking real, <laughs> looking real not PhD-ish. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's like that. There's no layer of protection. Like there's no way to look yeah. when you're, when the color of your skin stops you. You know, there, there's right. no, and you know, and I think that me saying that out loud and at work and talking about my experiences of even trying like going to the own like lab space and like being challenged or like, you know, not feeling welcome or somebody like closing the door literally in my face as I'm walking in because I didn't think I belonged in that space. You know, these things wow. that happen is always like, oh, wow, this, this is, this is important. And so that's why I felt like they really supported the work. And so with that, now I was able to do my full-time job running BAMS. And so I took that for me as a sustainability challenge. How can I now use this time where I have the support and we know that support can be fleeting. <laughs> how can right. I make my Maximize. best plan? You know, how can I make my best exit strategy and build a sustainable organization where I don't need the support of something right. else and I can actually build this on my own. And so that's what I did. So I looked into like, what do you need to actually get real money? So from having that connection with the David and Lucille Packard Foundation, I found out about 501c3, basically, about, hey, we could give you more money if you had a 501c3. I'm like, oh, well, what is that? You know? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back to Google. <laughs> you know, back to Google, because it's like, okay, a nonprofit, it took me 30 seconds to do that, to be honest. Like, once you Google it, it's easy. <laughs> it's real easy to, like, form a nonprofit Technically, if yeah, you know, you get a board of directors, you have to have a certain number of people that sign it. You can create yeah. some bylaws very quickly and just mm. upload it, and you're you're a registered nonprofit. But to be a five hundred one c three, that's a whole. There's a little more paperwork in here. <laughs> We're googling involved, and so what, what Google told me is that I could not do this on my own. 
<laughs> and, and people let me know that I needed some resources. And so that was one of the first things, you know, when my job asked me, like, what are these resources that you're looking for outside of money? I said, well, actually, is there a nonprofit lawyer I could talk to that could help us with the 501c3 process? And they actually found someone in their network of all these, you know, people, thousands of people that work with this organization actually took on BAM's pro bono and then filed all of our paperwork that we needed for us to become a 501c3. And that was a whole lot of just getting our financials together, our board, but then also our bylaws. So they actually like wrote official bylaws for the organization that were governed by and was like legally uh, sound. Um, and that became that once we do it through that whole process, but then we submitted it and it was like a whole like almost a year to wait to receive it. That's how like serious the review was. So now like I'm building up the network of BAMs, but we still don't have that, that paper, hmm. you know, but then we got it. It's like one day I get an email. It was like, oh, you've been approved. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> now what? <laughs> you know? But then it was, it was almost like immediate, like all those folks, like that time that I was waiting, I was still building connections. I would say a lot of nonprofit management. A lot of my job has been network building, relationship building, getting the mission of Black and Marine, Marine Science out there in people's ears, inspiring folks, talking to donors, talking to funders and fundraisers, all of those things. And that's all relationship building. So then when I came back around to all those people I had spent for those eight months while I was waiting, I then could say like, hey, y'all, we got that 501c3. Did y'all still want to support BIMS? And the majority of them was like, yes. And so, <laughs> so now it was just like this huge like influx of money that just came in. And so I was like, oh yeah, we can definitely, we can definitely do this. Um, so I would say, yeah, just getting that infrastructure in place was definitely the first part. And then really building those, those connections with people who wanted to support the work at a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I've been rambling for a minute, but <laughs> yeah. that's what the podcast is for. We love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so exploring your website and kind of like, there's so many different things that BIMS offers and and events that you do and stuff. Walk walk us through kind of just everything that uh, that is involved with BIMS and what you yes. what you do and what your plans are. Yes. So BIMS. Um, did I say our mission? I feel like I'm supposed to always say that. But the mission of BIMS is to really celebrate Black marine scientists, spread environmental awareness, and inspire the next generation of scientific thought leaders. And so we do that largely. I would say um, with our you know our BIMS TV channel, we have. The BIMS Bites series, which is those five-minute episodes. We also have BIMS Bites Kids, um, which is a kids' version to get our whole, you know, get the little folks involved at a younger age. Um, and I read about that. I'm excited to show that to my kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Get them subscribed. <laughs> um, <laughs> get them subscribed. <laughs> um, we also have BIMS Dives. And BIMS Dives was really our take on a seminar series. So it's so interesting. Like so many seminars as a marine scientist were required to go to. And I realized I'd never seen a black marine scientist come and do a seminar. I was like, oh, like what is that? And so we actually created our own seminar series where we bring in a scientist monthly to do what we call a BIMS dive. And so they dive into a larger topic. And we've actually been able to bring on some very powerhouse folks. We had Dr. Don Wright on. He's the first Black woman to go to the deepest part of the ocean, the, the Mariana Trent. Um, wow. Yes, yes. We talked about her dive on there. It was so awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's just like more of our virtual stuff. On our BIMS TV, we also have like special events. We've had like BIMS Reads or Reading Books About the Ocean, BIMS Cares, uh, we've actually brought in uh, a therapist to talk about like, you know, stress and trauma in the workplace. 
working in isolating conditions, just to make sure that we're thinking of, you know, the organization. Um, so I would say, so that was more of a like virtual, virtual times. And so now that we've been back outside, <laughs> we started uh, some other programs. So I would say the first was our actual our, um, scuba dive program um, that we now also call our BIP week, our BIMS immersion program. And so this is actually a really awesome program because we have partnered with like PADI, um, the Nature Conservancy, the Ocean Conservancy to be able to provide um, scuba dive certifications to students or participants free of charge. So they don't have to pay for anything. That's they, wow. Yeah, they don't have to pay for anything. They sign up for the course. They come with us. As you can imagine, a week with me <laughs> or a week with anybody from the team <laughs> It's lit, but we do the scuba dive certification, but we also, you know, get them some hands-on marine science um, experience. So sometimes we'll do like a coral reef restoration. Uh, we've done um, shark tagging, um, some like mangrove cleanup. So different things where they're actually seeing how you can use this skill. Um, we make it very, very, we make an effort to always bring in like black scuba instructors so they can see them in the water as well. Um, and then we also do like community cultural events. So we'll do like a welcome event, like karaoke, um, or we'll have like a snorkeling event or something where we bring in the community as well to get them excited. Um, and so that's been pretty good. That's been a really good program. We were able to get, what, four, four students in 2021. And then I want to say eight last year, but we did two classes. And then this year we have a class in St. Croix with six, and we have a class in the Bahamas with eight. So we are definitely expanding the program, but also the locations, because before this year, we had always done this program in Florida and we were, you know, flying students in, um, Mm -hmm. participants in from wherever they were, you know, BIMS members from all over. But we actually have BIMS members all over, you know, and and so we are now in, I think, about 31 different countries. And so we were thinking about this partnership. Yeah. How could we actually go to where other BIMS members are? And so that's where we got the St. Croix and the Bahamas uh, partnership uh, with the Nature Conservancy there. So I'm very excited about those upcoming upcoming trips. So that's that. So, yes. So these are all reasons why people should be signing up to be BIMS members, because it's just awesome. So our BIMS, we do have a fee like $10 a month. But again, as you can imagine, it's much more than $10 for a scuba certification. So it pays for itself. That's why I'm amazed that it's free of charge. That is just an amazing resource. And what I also saw is that our donors like to see programs if they have a structure, but then they also like to see that the members support. So it's, it's almost negligible that you're that is paying, but the donors are like, oh, wow, they're willing to pay and they see this as important. So we should support it. You know, it's almost like it goes hand in hand. It was an interesting conversation I had with somebody like, well, y'all got money. Why y'all want to see us paying some? But it was like, well, we want to see that y'all care, that you have this ownership, mm-hmm. this buy-in. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I can work with that. But it does help because people are more excited. Like when you pay for something, you're more interested in like, oh, wow, I want to go and do this. You're reading the events because you know, if a BIMS bulletin comes out, that's our newsletter, it definitely has a cool event in there and it's going to be free or a paid opportunity. You know, people can submit an episode to our BIMS TV, like one of those BIMS bites, literally any yep. day of the week and get the stipend. They can submit how many episodes, how many, five, many episodes you want to do. Talk about whatever you want. <laughs> so that that's something that we really are trying to think about, like the, the wealth stream, even in Black people. You know, like we have... That's something I've always been very serious about when I talk about this work, because people could think like, oh, diversity work should be free or volunteer. Like, no, this is work. 
work, work, work. Yeah. <laughs> to value it. And they should be compensated for it. So we don't really, I say we don't really have volunteers at BIMS anymore. Look, once I, once we started bringing in grants, I'm like, all right, look, the ancestors did enough of that volunteer work. We're done with that. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're done. So we make it very serious. And I think, again, like me saying that to a donor, it's like, <laughs> and then they over there with a little volunteer program. They're like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> But you're money. right, right? Like, so tell Go. us a little bit about the future. What what's what's on the horizon? What is on the horizon? The BIMS Institute. The BIMS Ooh. Institute is my Ooh. favorite. The BIMS Institute is my favorite thing to talk about now. Um, so I would say that again, because I would say I have to think about the future, about the huge impact that we have to make. I think a lot of the conversations that I found in the first two years of building BIMS is like, why is there a lack of diversity in marine science? Why is there no black people in marine science? Why y'all don't want to be in marine science? You know, really a blame on us as if the field itself isn't very toxic and unwelcoming and doesn't really have spaces for black people to necessarily succeed in marine science. And so right. what I mean by that is when I talk about like the, the large marine science research institutes, like so... Imagine Scripps, Woods Hole, I called them my office, so they're not even going to be surprised about this, is that <laughs> these are two large, you know, research institutions that not only are you in a predominantly white lab inside the institution, you go outside, you know, you're in La Jolla, you're in Woods Hole. So now you're in a space where the community is now one to two percent black. You know, that was something that I experienced when I was in Seattle. <laughs> like here I am in this prestigious mm. place, but there's no black people around. And so now I leave a hostile working environment, being the only black person there, some crazy, you know, something wild went on. Then I go home pay, paying this stupid, wild amount of rent, pull out, <laughs> pull out the key file that they gave me to enter, to live there. And somebody told me, I stole it. Or like, I, I don't have it. You know, like, so these things that occur that people definitely don't consider, like imagine Imagine being at work and then you have to go to the grocery store and somebody like following you around and think you're stealing. You know, like all these, this daily life that as a black woman, I have to deal with. And then I go to work and deal with that. So really the dream for the BIMS Institute is to finally put a marine science institute that is fully resourced, fully funded in a space where black people are. So my, my whole goal is to actually build that in Hampton, Virginia. Um, Back to where you know, my alma mater was in Hampton. And so Hampton University is a, a, a interesting space because it is one of the only HBCUs that has a master's program. Um, but, you know, while I was in Hampton, um, they definitely didn't have like the resource, like a lot of the things that you needed for, if you think about what's or you think about scripts. There was a lot of times, I think I was doing one project, I had to go over to another university, a predominantly white institution to use their equipment. So I would say the goal is to put the BIMS Institute in a community. So it wouldn't be necessarily with the university because I really want it to be community-based. If you imagine like this huge like community research and outreach space where folks can come in and work on different marine science projects, but also BIMS members from all over the world can come in and re do research and maybe work for the summer, work for a couple of weeks in a space where they don't have it at their lab. So it's this really idea to change the space of like, why is there a lack of diversity um, in these different institutions and really focus on the idea of, yeah, why is there a lack of diversity in marine science as a whole? And do I need to go to one institution and try to help them get what one or two black professors that they're going to treat poorly? when I could create a whole institution of black professors that can teach anywhere, you know, that can right. inspire 
anywhere. And that can really help us to solve the marine science issues that we all went to school to research. You know, I haven't been in the lab, what, two years? <laughs> because, yet. you know, like this is what I've been doing. So like there, those are those things, those, those big things that we, we like to still contribute because at the end of the day, climate change impacts are, are disproportionately impacting Black people more. And so with me knowing that, it's a disservice for me to not then focus my research on those communities. But I just haven't had that space. So that's the huge goal for BIMS. And we're actually actively working on it. We got a large grant from the David and Lucille Packer Foundation, um, $750,000 to start our first research project um, in Hampton. So, yeah, I'm very excited about the potential in the future for BIMS. Wow. That is exciting. So do you have an idea or are you even allowed to say what that research project might be? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm very excited about this. It's like uh, my post like well, just at the end of my PhD, my post like I started using um environmental DNA or eDNA. So eDNA is like <laughs> I explain this how like people like crime shows and so you know a detective goes in. Uh, leave or a criminal goes in, leaves some DNA or fingerprint or whatever the technics comes in and finds it. And so that's what happens yeah. in the ecosystem as well. Fish are moving around, pollen is dropping, feces, all that has genetic information. And so we can collect like a water sample or a soil sample, extract the DNA and get like a biodiversity census. Um, and so this eDNA has been popping up as a huge new tool that could be really good for like biodiversity monitoring. You could imagine mm-hmm. like somebody having to go out and do like fish surveys or things like that. Now they can just scoop up some water <laughs> and then hopefully all those things are there and they don't necessarily need that background in taxonomy because the computer, the database will, you know, do that for you. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. and so, and so, yeah, so this is a pretty cool tool. Um, and so I've been using this in my research just to do understand biodiversity assessments. And so the goal with this project, though, is to actually do that analysis in um, in Hampton, um, in different um, sites that we have. We're focusing on what used to be actually predominantly black beaches. Um, and we're working. So we're going to imagine we go out, take these samples, see what the biodiversity is there. Um, and then we're working with the organization uh, called Blacks of the Chesapeake. And so this is a whole org that is like filled with like older black fishermen. And so we're going to be using their basically historical ecological knowledge through storytelling to pair it with what we find in our biodiversity data. So we're oh, hoping wow. to see, wow. yeah, so we're hoping that their stories and their historical records, because they have all of these records of what they've been monitoring over the years. And they've, you know, seen the huge shifts in biodiversity, I mean, in the Chesapeake in general, just because of the huge amounts of nutrient pollution and things and just stuff mm-hmm. that's there. Um, and so, yeah, and so we're going to pair with them. And so it should be a really, 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 really cool project uh, to get a whole bunch of different types of folks involved. We got money to do a community science project so we can get literally give them community members packages where they can go and collect uh, with us as well and then potentially work in the lab. So yeah, it should be a very, very exciting project. That is so cool. I love that you're weaving together like social and historical like storytelling and like record keeping with new technology advancements. Like I just think that that is the coolest thing ever. It is. And the fact that you mentioned that this is comprised of older fishermen is perfect for us because that's a great segue because we are, as you may or may not know, we are a seafood centric podcast. The um, 
the Responsible Seafood Podcast. And uh, so we do talk a lot about a lot of different marine science topics on the podcast, but I'm, I'm curious if you have any members, and I want to talk about kind of how someone can become a member and what that process is in, in a little bit, but I imagine that you have a pretty intimate knowledge of kind of who's who's a part of your membership and, and uh, you probably know a lot about what a lot of them do and stuff. Do you have anyone, any members of BIMS that are um, kind of directly related to the seafood industry themselves that you can think of? Yes. I mean, I immediately. I stumped her. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I immediately, I mean, I'm just like, like oysters. Oysters is the first. Yep. <laughs> we, so especially, we have... down, especially down uh, in uh, where you were yeah. you know, in Washington and Chesapeake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say we have several folks that do who work in the oyster, either oyster, is it oyster, is it oyster aquaculture, oyster restoration, oyster world. Um, I'm also thinking about I don't, I can't really claim him <laughs> as a, <laughs> a, a member, but I am recruiting him as a member. I just asked the, I think the guy's name is like Oyster Ninja on uh, social oh, yeah. media. Yeah, the Oyster Ninja has he has been on our podcast. As I literally yeah. reached out to him, I reached out to him to ask him to do a Bim's bite on oysters, and then he responded, "I'll do it if you come on my podcast." And so now, <laughs> well, you sent him a message back and say, "Sean from Aquademia yeah. says that you have to do this, or else I'm coming for him." <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna have to tell him this now. So we have been going back and forth on scheduling. So, but he is me. But yeah, so we have I know like Leslie and me, like Leslie Town. So she works on oysters actually down in uh, Georgia. So yeah, there is, there is, that's the, the folks I think of immediately. That's awesome. That is awesome. So uh, how can people become a member? What is a kind of the, for the process for, for joining? Yeah. So, I mean, go on our website, BIMS.org and I think it's like support BIMS or you'll see it there. And so we list out our memberships and I'll just run through it because, you know, we started with our BIMS members. Um, as I mentioned, it's $120 for the year, $10 a month. Um, you can pay it annually or, or you can pay it monthly. Um, and so you just sign up, you know, <laughs> you just go in and fill out the application. It comes with our BIMS drip bag. So we send you a cool one of our cool shirts, um, a sticker and a keychain. But then it also gets you access to all those, you know, those paid opportunities that I mentioned, the special opportunities that pop up, like our scuba class. We actually started a new program, our BIMS Tidal Wave that I didn't mention is like a conference, a scientific conference travel grant program. So people can now apply through us to apply to a scientific conference and we'll, we can support them fully for their travel. Um, so these are just different things that we have that our members get access to. Oh, and also our job board. I have to talk about the job board because it's very serious. So <laughs> the job board is serious because, and I want everybody who listens to this to hear y'all because, you know, once we established and there was a whole, I would say diversity Look, people just literally reached out and was like, hey, y'all got black people? We all, can they apply for this job? Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, can you tell them to apply for this job? No. <laughs> Why would I tell them? <laughs> Why would I tell them? <laughs> no. And so we actually have taken it very serious about vetting and actually what we call them like our organizational partnership. So you'll see that's another level of membership. And that's $1,500 annually. And so that gives us the capacity to now go and vet your organization, see what it's about, and then see if we actually feel like this will be a safe space for BIMS members to work. And then also talk Mm. with y'all to see if y'all are willing to provide safe spaces for BIMS members. One of the most telling things when people reach out, quick, 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 quick check. They send me the job app, send me the job, whatever. 
there's no salary listed. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then I respond by, hi, what's the salary? You asked me to post a job, you know, like what's the salary? Oh, yeah. salary commiserate to your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we know yeah. what that means. <laughs> yeah. And so I nicely respond, okay, that lets me know that y'all pay white people differently and you're getting away with it. Thanks. Please do not, <laughs> please do not mm. come at us. Because when you don't have the salary posted, let us you know that somebody who knows how to negotiate or even knows that there is a negotiation process, then they're at a different salary range. And I'll give you an example because on that same job that I mentioned once I told her that, told them that, they responded with the salary. When I read the job, I promise you, I'm thinking 85K max. 85, because I, I don't really know. I'm like, oh, I'm sure. Read it, maybe 85,000. They yeah. came back and told me that starting was 120. Oh, jeez. So imagine not knowing that information. You go mm-hmm. in thinking yep. they offer you 90 because they, they lowball us when they see us. They offer you 90. Now I'm like, wow, I just got $5,000 more because I'm so right, excited. Right. Yeah, no, you got just got shorted 30K. You didn't even know it. So these are the types of things that we're actually inactively seeing. So like, and so like, I have these examples. Like I can talk about this. So again, we become that organizational sponsor and member. You're saying like, I understand, like this is what it's about. I am committing to providing a safe space for your members. With that organizational membership, you also actually sponsor five BIMS members immediately. So that's any BIMS member that actually cannot afford the $10 a month or the $120 a year, they can then apply to our ally sponsor program. And then that's what we that's how we fund that through our allies and organizational sponsors. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the middle level that I skipped over was that ally. And that actually came up from, you know, after all of this, all the work that BIMS has been doing, you know, other people who aren't Black saying, like, how can we support you, y'all? We we really do. We don't want to be performative. How can we support? And so we initiated the um, Ally membership. And so that one is $300 annually. And you'll see, again, you immediately support a BIMS member. So when you become an Ally member, you automatically put one in our scholarship pot. And so then any BIMS member can have access to that. And we've actually had um, advisors in a departments who have one black student become an ally and then ask us, can their student have the free membership? And that's fine. Wow, so like things cool. like that, yeah, where you're actually showing like, I care, I want to provide this space because it's not a lot of us. You know, I told y'all, we still, I'm still, you know, sometimes the only black person, but if we have good allies, if we have good folks who are willing to listen to us and believe what we're saying and sign up. For a membership, just to show that you at least care a bit, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to, to show more. Um, so, yeah, so those are the three levels. We have the, the BIMS member for Black folks, <laughs> allies for everybody else, and then organizations for people who just want to make a bit more of a world uh, impact. Yeah. Wow, what an opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, we're getting a, a little bit close to time, actually. This has gone by very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Before I kind of start asking some of our last few questions, do you guys have anything else? Maddie, you look like you got something you want to say. I am wondering if there's a way to, if people don't want to like have a recurring membership, is there a way to do a one-time donation or is it only membership? Now, you know we got a PayPal link. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. That's what I was yeah, wondering. So, so also, we'll, so, yes. so when you do the membership, you will see it takes you to our membership platform, but there's also just like a donate button on our page. Okay, and great. You, yeah, that takes you to our PayPal. If people don't like PayPal, we also do have Network for Good. Um, some people apparently don't like PayPal. I didn't even know that. But anyway, we also have Network for Good, and they can just yeah. search us on that platform and donate that way as well. 
Sweet. Okay, so we will link to both the membership page and the donation page in the show notes for any yeah. of the listeners that want to get involved. Absolutely. We talked about kind of what is in the future and, and what the plans are and, and your big dreams. One question that I always ask people that follows up that is kind of what resources do you need? Because our listener base is is vast and, and we have listeners all over the world in a lot of different countries. And, um, you know, people have people have different resources available to them. So what resources do you need to help you advance your ambitions here that you have? Oh, so this is so funny because we're the BIMS. I actually have sticky notes on up, up on my office wall that says 35 million. This is this is what I look like. So you are every, ready for this yeah. question. Yeah, every every day <laughs> look at this. I've made it very serious for myself. And so, yeah, that is our five year um, campaign that we are literally starting. Like this is what I've been doing this year. I would say this year we have been more talking about it, talking to our current donor base that we already have and then gearing up to launch the huge campaign at BIMS week this year. Um, and so we are actually in the midst of hiring a director of development to lead this campaign. So we get official at BIMS. We bring it in a whole staff person <laughs> to, to lead this, to manage this, to really, you know, get, like to get that those huge, those huge resources. So BIMS Week actually this year will be in the Hampton Roads area, um, November 26th to December 2nd. It's our first in-person BIMS Week. So we're coming off of the Zoom screen in person. And so we're going nice. to launch that that campaign there. Um, and so that is the goal. And that is actually for programming as well as the infrastructure of the building. Now, somebody got some land out there. <laughs> they like to, <laughs> they'd like to give back. I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have any problems with it, but I think that's what it is. Like you, you think about it, you know, we're building a lab, you know, is there, is, is Thermo Fisher on the line? Like, you know, I need equipment, you know, we need yeah. paint, yep. <laughs> you know, paint, carpet, everything <laughs> to, to build a lab. You know, somebody donate me a box of gloves. Like, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> We're taking anything. So, yes, yeah, so I would I would say that that's really it. But I always say, you know, people subscribing to our YouTube channel is huge. You know, people just that popping up and sharing the content is huge and free. So those are also other other things that folks can do. But I would say, yeah, that that huge f- fundraising goal is it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, while you have the platform. And you're here before we sign off. Is there anything else that you want to get out there? Any message that you want to send to our listeners? Um. Okay. So we're actually having our BIMS Institute welcome event. Um. May 26 in Hampton. It's going to be a blue carpet premiere of The Little Mermaid. Um. Oh. So we we actually bought out a theater in Hampton. Um. Because this is a special event. I literally. Uh. The Little Mermaid was my favorite princess before I even realized that I was going to be an actual mermaid. Um. So to have a black woman playing The Little Mermaid is it. It still almost gives me tears every time I think about it. So. Once I thought about like, how could we really do this like community welcome event? Because we don't want to just show up in Hampton, you know, like we want to show the community like Black Marine Science is coming. We're going to be this really cool new thing um, that they haven't seen before that is mixing science and culture. So this is our big welcome event. So yeah, May 26 in Hampton, Virginia. We bought out a theater in the Peninsula Town Center. Come through. Tickets are free. We got free food, drinks. It'll be a photo booth, all types of stuff. And that'll really be our launch in Hampton. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> such a fun idea that is so fun i also love that you're calling it a blue carpet event yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, come on it wouldn't be right, <laughs> it wouldn't be right. <laughs> my daughter is 
just ridiculously over the moon excited about that movie because she loves Little Mermaid too. So she's really so excited that they're coming out with a new one. Justin, Maddie, do you guys have anything else? No, oh, we covered a lot. It was a great conversation. Yeah. yeah, that was so great. You are doing such amazing stuff, Tierra, and I can't wait to see where you go because it seems like there are so many amazing things like just about to happen for you. So yes. We're just lucky oh. to have you on the show, so thank you I, for coming on. I also think just to go back to like the first three minutes of our conversation and how it all started with that course that you, that you decided to take just so that you could travel and then boom, look what's happened in yeah. such a relatively yes. short amount of time. It's amazing. Mm. I've been traveling ever since. <laughs> ever since. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like seafood. You know, we always say people in seafood never intend to work in seafood. There's just, they somehow wind up somewhere in the industry and they never leave they get hooked and it seems like it's the same thing for marine science right <laughs> except people do intend to go into marine science more often <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> all right well uh if that's if we have nothing else i would just want to say thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk to us and we're really excited about what you're doing and we're going to keep tabs on you and make sure that we share everything that we talked about in the show notes so everyone um if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? So you can email me, CEO at BIMS.org. But I almost say you really should email Jasmine because she's just going to tell me. So Jasmine at BIMS. <laughs> Jasmine at BIMS.org. J-A-S-M-I-N-E at BIMS.org. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Folks, that was our conversation with Dr. Tierra Moore from Black and Marine Science. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. And I hope you will check out all of the different resources that their website has to offer. Remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. That way, every time a new episode comes out, it will be automatically downloaded on your device. And we are on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact the podcast for any reason, fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to help support the podcast, the best way to do that would be to leave us a rating or review on whichever podcast platform is your favorite. And if you like what we do and you want to be more involved in the work we do at the Global Seafood Alliance, you may want to consider becoming a member. All the information about the GSA membership program can be found at globalseafood.org slash membership. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Ciao.